We've had Yippee Kayak Other Buckets. <laughs> Yippee Kaye Maggot Farmer. Right. And this is my favourite one of all time. Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> the letter X, the letter Y, the letter Z. Bumper edition of the Thictionary this week, mainly because XYZ just looked really hard. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, when I was looking through X, I was like, unless mm. we want to go through different types of xenophobia. Tricky, so yeah. let's just cram them all in. So this is a, a world first as far as the Thictionary is concerned. Uh, if you uh, like what you hear, come and follow us on the Twitter machine, at Thick Podcast, or you can just tap Thictionary into Facebook. You'll see us there. Every episode available free at Thictionary.com. Uh, I called you, Paul Gannon, Kissable. Which obviously begins... X-Y-S. Uh, no, well, Kissable begins with a K, but what? Uh, the letter X... What? ...often used as a kiss... True. ...in messages. True. When? When did that first start being a thing? I'm going to say it was ages ago, because I remember you get letters <laughs> from the war. It was like, oh, darling, Sergeant Major Thompson, uh, I miss ages you. Ages ago, the war. XOXO. Oxo. That's Beyonce. The X was first used to represent a kiss in the mid-1700s. That's about right. The first man recorded to do it was a man named Gilbert White. He was best known for his work, The Natural History and Antiquities of Selborne. Spent a lot of time in Hampshire. That was published in 1789. But 25 years earlier, so this is like, what, 1765, 64, he'd written a letter and it finished with the following. I am with many a kiss, 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 kiss. But he'd sign it with X's. Yeah. And many a paternoster, our father, mm. and Ave Maria, Hail Mary. And he signed it Gil White. Now, uh, in those days, X was used to mean a blessing. So what he probably meant was, I am with many a blessing. But somehow, people just took that for kisses because he was trying to be affectionate towards his mother and father. I can see that, though. And then it kind of caught on. Or, you know, maybe it was a guessing game, like they were playing Hangman, and those X's were just, you know, representative of the word yeah. he didn't put in. Yes, he also invented Hangman, that's Yeah, correct. there you go, two uh, for one. Before we could read or write, an X was used in place of a signature, often mm. uh, sealed with a kiss, literally, to signify that it was official. The sheriff from Nottingham would come around to uh, buy a house off you for tuppence, yeah. and you, you, you were illiterate, so you would just go X, and then you'd go, right, kiss it, and then that... That was actually the way that they... Kiss it. You come yeah. in and kiss it. Kiss it. That's actually the way that they uh, sealed the deal back wow. in the old days. So it's not uncommon, really, when you take the religious uh, meaning and the physical kiss that it would become a thing. X, that's why you put it on your text messages. Yeah, I do. I put loads on. Around about 17. Sometimes, to men, without thinking, because I get into the habit of texting my girlfriend a kiss at the end of a text. So when I reply to a friend, I'll just be like, yeah, see you later, kiss, send... Oh, no. When you don't get a kiss from your girlfriend in a text message... Do you A, get upset, B, retaliate with no X, or C, don't give a fly monkey? I do not give any of the monkeys currently in the air. Okay. Hey, so that was my X. Give me your Y. The Yogi Bogey Box. Yeah, you call me a Yogi Bogey Box. It's right. a very specific word. I don't think it's used that often, but I did love it when I fell across it. It means a bag of tricks, and in mm. this instance, a bag of tricks used by someone like a spiritualist. Yep. Uh, the term was coined by James Joyce when he wrote Ulysses in 1922, but the idea is that like a, a spiritualist hoaxer would have a box full of his little gadgets and doodads and tricks, anything from little wires to hide movable objects, uh, luminescent powder so you could shake it onto items like trumpets and 
and balls. So even the dock, yeah. you would see reflection off it, and we could see it rise and fall. Wow. So loads of little things like that. Um, the Knox sisters were big into spiritualism. You could say they were the forerunners of that whole movement, and they did all kinds of tricks as well. They you know the whole wrapping on a table thing. Yeah, they could recreate that sound by just clicking the. Come in. Yeah, they could re- do that by uh, clicking their ankle bones yeah. and giving it a snap. And it was oh. like a wrap. A Yogi Bogey box, a bag of tricks and tips for uh, a spiritualist to get away with Moida. I love Yogi Bogey box, right? And I call this the Orgasmic Podcast. What do you think this orgasmic is? Um, is it an orgasm after watching one too many sci-fi films? In a way, actually, yes. Zorgasmic. You might have a zorgasm. Yeah. After you've watched your favourite character on The Walking Dead narrowly cheat death. Oh, I had a zorgasm when Rick Grimes nearly, <laughs> nearly got his hand bitten off. Someone's going to have a zorgasm at the start of the next season because. Uh, old Negan's in there with his baseball bat. What a load of rubbish that cliffhanger was. I was so like, that's well, such a cheat. But, but some people are saying they're going to switch it and that they might kill off Daryl ha- instead. Well, put it with it, they'd have to because everyone knows if you know a comic, if they know comic books who dies. No spoilers. Yeah. So either you're holding back on just really revealing yeah. what everyone else knows. Or go a different direction. Or go in a different direction, yeah. in which case that's fine. But it'll end, up be, it'll end up being some character we don't care too much about. Yeah. What was to do with the mullet? Abraham's mate. Yeah, it'll be him. He's got, or, he's got nowhere to go now. It's flattening. Or it'll pull back and Negan beat the cameraman to death, the actual <laughs> literal cameraman. <laughs> and he's lying there on the floor going, was I not meant to connect? Yeah, Sorry, well, I thought this was, oh, it wasn't padded. You didn't move. This is the Fictionary Weekly Word-Based Podcast. We're doing X, Y and Z this week, rattling through all three of them, squeeze them all in. Time for this week's Word Workouts. It is an anagram of an X word. It begins with the word X, X or it now yeah. no longer exists. Begins with an X, yes. This is a this deceased is an word. <laughs> <laughs> an X word, it meaning a lover of hotels. Your anagram is, oh no, I excel on goody. Oh no, I excel, E-X-C-E-L, on goody, G-O-O-D-Y. I got to the end of the podcast to try and work it out, rack your brains, use the internet, see whatever you can do. So it's not an anagram then, it's just guess the X word. Just guess it. All right, yeah. that's fine, I'm on top of it. Hey, good luck. Before we do this week's game on the dictionary, just a quick note on the letter X, the Greek alphabet uses it as the kind of, it's like, it looks like a Y, symmetrical Y, but either like a trident or one of those Jewish candelabras. Uh, but in the in the Greek alphabet, X usually represents the letter K. Although, uh, even though we've taken quite a lot of Greek words into our language, we use the X mostly as a Z. For example, Xerox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Xerox. Or the name like Xander. Yeah, or Xenoboy Princess. Yeah. Z- xylophone. Or the Xenomorph. Of course, the so Xenomorph. It's interesting, and I don't think we picked that up from anywhere in particular. The Etruscians took X, and they use X to stand for the KS. So I suppose it's X, X, X. I sound like I'm beatboxing now. Yeah, you do. But you do some fast rewind. It's, <laughs> it's fascinating where everyone else has picked up. But of course, we're doing X, Y, and Z. X yeah. is actually uses a Z at the same time. Anyway, enough nerdy stuff. Menorah. Let's do a game. That's the Jewish candle thing you're thinking of. Thanks, Google. Thank you, Mr. Google. Your game this week. Here we go. Yeah. It's called the End of the Alphabet Inventions. I'm going to describe five inventions okay, that, good. I, that either start with an X, a Y, or a Z. Okay. You just got to tell me from the clues which one you think it is. Here we go. Number one 10, 22, 38, Astoria. 10, 22, 38. That's a date, by the way. Yeah. Astoria. What is that? It's an invention beginning with an X. Uh, 
Xylitol, the sugar-based uh, oh. replacement. Have you got any? Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, 10, 22, 38, a story of first words ever copied on a Xerographic machine. Oh, Xerox machine. Yeah. Ah. Invented by Chester Carlson. Right, here we go. Number two, this is beginning with a Y. Two discs and a string. Two discs, a yo-yo. Is correct. Yay, I got the easy one right. Invented by (laughs) Donald Duncan. It's weird, Chester Carlson, two Cs, Donald Duncan, two Ds. What's going on? All right, here we go. Dice-based game invented by a rich couple on a boat. Yahtzee. Is also correct. Hitler played a version of that. He called it Nazi when he laughed. Oh, sorry. Do you know it was originally (laughs) called Yahtzee? As in a yacht. Because that's where they invented it. Really? They were they were this rich couple that had a lot of free time and they'd take this dice out on the boat and they came up with a game that's called Yahtzee and then they went to these inventors and they said, can you make some models? Because our friends that come on the boat really like it. We want to give it to them as yeah. gifts. So then they made it up as Yahtzee and they went, that's really hard to spell. So Yahtzee instead. Wow. Number four. This begins with the letter Z, a teeth-based fastener. Most a teeth a fastener? Yeah, teeth-based fastener, mostly vertical. You use it to fasten your teeth into your mouth? No. I, I, I don't <laughs> get the concept, so reveal. Teeth-based fastener, mostly vertical. You might have one on you right now. Zip. A zip. Oh, not real teeth. I thought like you were talking about like denture cream like you put in your mouth. Yeah, it was invented by Gideon Sunback. What a great name. Of course, name. that is a beautiful name. And finally, uh, this blew my mind. A tractor on what, water. What does it begin with? A Z. Oh, this is the name of the machines that they use in ice hockey rinks, isn't it? Yes. Oh, what's the name of it? That's really annoying. Uh, Azorb... Zorb... Zorb... <laughs> Even Zamboni. Better. Yes. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself for knowing that. Oh, my God. Oh, I might go to bed. It's been a full day. <laughs> Maybe the hardest clue ever in the history of the dictionary because I didn't know it had a name I just knew it was the ice brusher thing yeah well I'm very proud of myself <laughs> back in the 30s Frank Zamboni took a tractor and he converted it to scrape and smooth marred ice yeah. on a purpose built ice rink thus inventing the Zamboni and this sounds like one of those ye olde inventions isn't yeah. it the Zamboni ice resurfacing machine it sounds to me like a musical instrument. Yeah. Oh, Bob's on the Zamboni tonight. Yeah. Uh, they still use it in all the NHL games. Yeah, they it's, still it's do. the one, the blue and white truck, basically. Wow, Paul Gannon, you scored one, two, three... That'll do. And a bit points, yeah. That's fine. I'm, I'm going to take that Zamboni as the big win. Got Zambona. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, let's do our big four words as we do special episode X, Y and Z. The word I have for you next is... Yippee. Nice. Uh, an informal interjection from the USA. It's an American word, an exclamation of joy, pleasure, anticipation. Originated at the start of the 20th century, verbally in 1910, mm-hmm. and then it was written in 1920. Uh, it's thought yippee to have derived from hip, which was used as an exclamation to introduce a, a big cheer, like hip, hip, hooray. But it actually goes back a lot further than that. So that might have been like the modern way that it developed. But yeah. uh, yippee, or in fact yip, was a 15th century word. It was used to describe the sudden uh, noise a bird makes. I guess that makes sense. What about the famous phrase featuring yippee? Well, it's obviously the die-hard one, which came from the Lone Ranger, yippee ki Kimosavi. It's funny you say it came from the Lone Ranger. Does it not? In fact, it comes from an old Bing Crosby song called I'm an Old Cowhand. Mother. <laughs> Melon Farmer. Yeah. 
And so it goes on. Bing Crosby, go and search for it. I'm an old cowhand. Die Hard is world famous for its TV edits. Oh, beautiful of, TV edits. So we can't say... We, uh, we know it's yippee ki mf Yeah. We can't say it. Mother Fornicator. We've had Yippee-Kayak Other Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yippee-Kayak Maggot Farmer. Right. And this is my favourite one of all time. I've laughed non-stop since I played this earlier. Here we go. Yippee-Kayak, Mr Falcon. <laughs> That's from Die Hard 2, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a character called Mr. Falcon in that no. film? I don't believe there is. And that's not even a good dub either. Do you remember how, how angry they were when they brought out Die Hard 4 as a PG? Yeah. Listen to this dub section from Die Hard 2. Here we go. What sets off the metal detectors first? The lead in your hand or the junk in your brains? <laughs> Oh, that's awful. I love it. Because that was the thing that got people about Die Hard 4 is that they couldn't have the F word in. Yeah. So the one and only time he gets to say yippee ki in Die Hard 4 is right at the end before he plugs the bad guy and uses the gunshot sound to mask yeah. the F word. M- mother f- Bang. Falcon. Yeah. And of course, the most egregious use of yippee was uh, the Phantom Menace because George Lucas can't write for humans, let alone creatures. And so a uh, little Anakin Skywalker, when he's told he's about to, you know, escape Tatooine, he's like, yippee! And it feels weird, even in a galaxy far, far away. Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? It just feels wrong. Yippee! He sounds like Mario. Like, imagine writing that in a script. Yippee. Right, how am I supposed to deliver this? Can't I just say... Mr. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> right, is it my turn now? Yeah, go. Right, so my word begins with X, and it is Xiphopagus. Oh, what do you think Xiphopagus might be? Um, X-I-P-H-O-P-A-G-U-S. Uh, is it something to do with breathing? No. It's an out. It means a pair of Siamese twins joined at the lower sternum or joined the Xiphode process which means a t- particular part of the body joins them to that particular part of the body. And they've got so, two vaginas. It depends on the sex. It really does. Yeah, but, 50%. Um, <laughs> oh, they could be a brother and sister, no. They could be. And sometimes it, it's more uncommon for them to be uh, two different sexes. They tend to be both sex. But if you then accidentally fell asleep and had sex with your sister... No, that that sentence never happens. It's never happened. In fact, the only couple I can think of who are male and female, brother and sister joined, are joined at the head. And Daniel I, Bedingfield. And they share Natasha brain matter. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Explains their musical output. Uh, according to the University of Maryland Medical Center, one in every 200,000 live twin births worldwide are conjoined. Although 40 to 60% are stillborn, and 35% of those who survive only live for a day. Although the most famous, I guess, Siamese twins would have been the Bunker Brothers. They were born on May 11th, 1811 in Siam, which became Thailand, yeah, uh, and where the term Siamese twins started, basically, with these two guys. Uh, they were born joined at the hip. Their livers were joined together, but their livers were each independently complete, which means if one got drunk, the other one wouldn't, although that doesn't happen a lot in similar cases. doesn't seem very fair, does it? Um, the operation would have been possible, but very difficult back then, but they made their money, basically, what do you expect in that time? They went they on went the freak the, shows. the circus. They went to the freak show circuses. They were taken by a Scottish uh, rich chap who had his own circus of freaks, and they came along and made a lot of money, uh, and they eventually retired in North Carolina. They married sisters, Chang, one of the brothers, had a wife and 10 kids. Eng had a wife and 12 kids. Wow. The practicality of putting all that together. I think when you spend that long with one person, 
You may as well. Yeah, why not? What else are you going to do? still thinking I'm, I'm living on borrowed time here. I might as well crack on. So in 1870, Chang suffered a stroke. His health declined over the next four years, and he began to drink heavily, although it did not affect Eng, again, because they did not have the same circulatory system. Despite his brother's ailing condition, Eng remained in good health. Shortly before his death, Chang was injured after falling from a carriage. He developed a severe case of bronchitis, and on January 17th, 1874, Chang died while the brother was sleeping. Eng awoke to find his brother the dead and cried right then i'm going and died three hours later no yeah and that's the sad story of the bunker brothers there you go i don't know how i feel about that now it's an emotional story well imagine being chained to somebody and my final word for you paul gannon is zapper oh as in frank yeah no Oh. Um, but maybe Zappa had a Zappa. He might. Well, let's find out. Blah, blah, find one, out. one of two Z words we call our remote control. Yes. Do you know what the other one is? The other name is, can you pass me the thing, my dad would say. No, but some people call Clicker. it... Clicker. No, it also beginning with Z. Oh, Zappa... Um, some people call it a zipper. No. Because you zip through the channels. No, I've never heard that. Zip. No. Or, or you're watching Babe Station. I don't, no, I don't, yeah. The unzipper. Yeah. In a YouGov poll, 78% of people say they call it a remote control, but 9% call it a zapper, 8 call it a hoofer or a hoofer doofer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 5%, I suggest these are the ones that leave ITV on after Lorraine has finished and watched Jeremy Carl, call it buttons. <laughs> 4% say it's called the changer. 2% call it a flicker or a clicker for its sound. 1% call it the fat controller. <laughs> they may also be secretly referring to their other half. Maybe. Here, pass me the fat controller. Although the Sky TV controllers are quite huge. You could do hefty. damage with one of those. Other names, the doobry, the dangle, the thing, the thingy, the wadjimacallit, the thingamajiggy, the hopper, the stick, the doofle, the doofangle, the flapper, the controller, the watsit, the dingle, the clacker, the wand, the yeti, the changer, the thingamajig, the blaster, the dongle, the blipper, the black box, the melee, the plonker, the didge, the buttons, the moat, the trolls, the Hoofa doofa the doofa, the flicky the doohickey, the honor offer the humdinger, the gizmo the tuna, the converter the binky, weird, the inferno the ujima flip, or the trevor. Wow. <laughs> and there are also names I have called my penis <laughs> over time as well. Here you go, love, pass me the plonker. <laughs> you have no idea. So there you go, one of the lesser used, but still in the top 50 names for our remote controls, the zapper. Right, come on then, I believe you've got one more Zeb word, let's do it. I have the word zoanthropy. Zoanthropy. Zoo or zoanthropy. Okay. It originates from the word zoo, and it means, as coined in the mid-19th century, a form of madness involving the delusion of being an animal while correspondingly altered behaviour. So you believe an actor behave like an animal. Like howling at the moon, eating your food from a bowl, swimming upside down. Or pretending you're an animal. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, there's a phrase for it, actually, in that particular case. It's called clinical lycanthropy, or lycanthropy. I yeah. can never get that did word we right. Do, did we do lycanthropy? We might have done, but basically, yeah. yeah, being a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, the act of thinking that you'll change and you'll do the things that those yeah. kind of animals do. Yeah. Uh, it's weirdly not that common. There's only been one or two major cases written on someone who behaves like an animal. One was a king in the Bible, who I can never remember the name of, but it's something like Nebuchadnezzar King. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar. Maybe that's how you pronounce it. But either way, he um, went mad, thought he was an oxen, would graze the grass. People obviously lost faith in his power to rule. In a study, (laughs) you'll like this actually, in a 2008 study, 46% of people surveyed who identified themselves as being in furry fandom. So you know what that is? So if you're into furries or you are a furry, you dress up in big kind of mascot suits, don't you? Like, you know, chipmunks and dogs and cats. Oh, yeah. And you get involved in sexy orgies. (laughs) 
interesting. It's, CSI did an episode about it. Troubling. 46% of those in this 2008 study usually defined as a person with a strong connection with some sort of animal answered yes to the question, do you consider yourself to be less than 100% human? And 41 answered yes to the question, if you could become 0% human, would you? <laughs> you know what? If you gave me a, If I could do it for a day, I think I probably would. If I could be an animal for a day, I think... What I'd... animal would you be? Well, life would be quite lonely as a whale, you know. A whale is an interesting pull. Yeah, living on plankton, full of sperm. You ejaculate about 13 gallons. No wonder they moan all the time. Um, <laughs> oh, God. My balls. <laughs> I, I quite like the idea of a fox, but actually not. But what does a fox say? Well, it does the facts. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get my dinner from a bin. No. What would be a good animal to actually be? I would like to be specifically my pet cat, because he has such a great life <laughs> that I would rather swap with his than carry on feeding him. You should see the poses he gets into. It's almost abstract and beautiful. Is it a yoga cat? Is that what you've got? <laughs> yeah, set yogi bogey box set cat. Set him up on Instagram. Hashtag <laughs> yoga cat. I can't take a picture of him in that position. Strike a pose. You'll be, you'll be a millionaire. It's the cat equivalent of taking a dick pic. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Uh, but more often than not, this kind of behaviour is more common on TV. If you go to yeah. TV tropes, they call it shape shifting. Oh. The idea of, you know, basically a character, a comedy film where yeah. someone becomes possessed by an animal, doesn't look like an animal, but still does ridiculous. Things. So there you go. In a nutshell, the word zoanthropy. Thank you. Here we go. Your results of the word workout are on the way. 30 seconds to unscramble. Oh no, I excel on goody. So it's got nothing to do with Graham Garden or Bill Oddie fascination. Or, or spreadsheets. Right. But it is the lover of hotels. Next word, 30 seconds begins now. I, I'm not going to get this. I know it begins with X and ends in og, o, ogly. Or... It ends in ology. <laughs> ology, yeah. I give you the the beginning Zeno Zenoology and, and the end <laughs> the end is ology just fill in the middle All right so Zeno Travelogy <laughs> Travelology Zeno Travelology no is nowhere near close Holiday in elegy is Zeno blah 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 blah, blah ology Zeo Trumpology Time's up I don't know Oh no I excel on goody lover of hotels Zeno Docianology Zeno, X-E-N-O, Dodeo, C-H-E-I-O-N-O-L-O-G-Y. Zeno, Docianology. Docianology. <laughs> Lover of hotels. So this type of person, a Zeno, Docianologist, was uh, also known as an enthusiastic sort of person. Oh, the kind of person who'd be on Yelp these days. Enthusiastic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Xenodochiophobia is an irrational fear of foreign hotels uh, that is not limited to, but does include, the fear that there won't be any soap, proper toilet paper, clean towels, etc. And I think quite a lot of us are xenodochiophobic. Basically, ty- British people. The type of person that goes, Barbara, pack a bog roll. Barbara, you don't know what kind of water they've got over there. Bring eight <laughs> bottles yourself. Don't forget the mini shampoos. And if I have to stand up taking a poo, we're leaving. And the thing is, when you get there and they've got them and they're really good, you take them back home. Yeah, you do. You st- we pinched loads the other week. Absolutely loads. <laughs> they- Towels. Yeah, we've got the lot. You yeah. should- I got four dressing gowns. Wow. Each charged to my credit card at £50 each. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, yeah, a lover of hotels, Xenodochianology. 
And that'll do it for this week's episode of The Dictionary. I'm exhausted. That was a long one. Bumper episode, right? Three Ooh. letters. We did X, a Y, and a Z. If you enjoyed it, if you felt it was worth your time, tell others about it, please. Find us at Thick Podcast on Twitter. We've got the Facebook, or you can like and review any of our episodes on iTunes, Audio Boom, or Stitcher. All the links at Thictionary.com. Paul Gannon, I think this week's Dictionary has been Xanthic. You see those stars? Yeah. You see how they shine for you? Yeah. It's because they're yellow. Do you know what the, uh, the X word for yellow is to describe the colour yellow? No, I did not know there was one. Xanthus. Oh, like gum. Xanthus gum. Yeah, there you go. Was, yeah. Yeah, similar. And I would say this week's episode of The Fictionary, as we get to the end of the alphabet, but not the end of our adventure, no. has been Zach Morris' phone. <laughs> <laughs> A brick mobile phone, circa 1992, as seen in Saved by the Bell. You can buy a retro version of these phones, including models made by Binatone. Yes, those yeah. that did Pong. Uh, it's around 100 quid. They come with three months' worth of battery life. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best-kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out Podomity.com now.